Welcome to City Harvest Sermon Podcast. Coming up is a word from Pastor Kong Hee. I want to start by going to Galatians chapter 3 and verse 13 and verse 14. An amazing scripture over here. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on the tree that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Now, the Bible is very clear over here. You don't have to be a rocket scientist. You know that verse 13 says, Jesus died on the cross. He redeemed us from the curse of the law. Now, He did that not just so that we can get salvation, but that verse 14 can become a reality in your life and in my life, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon us in Christ Jesus. Everybody say, the blessing of Abraham. Blessing. Could you say that five times louder? Say, the blessing of Abraham. Blessing. Now, if this blessing required our Lord Jesus Christ to die on the cross for you and me to shed His blood so that we are able to receive it, then this blessing must be very, very important, right? If it required Jesus to die for it, it must be important to you. It must be important to me. And if it's important, I want to receive it, I want to get it. But what exactly is the blessing of Abraham? For years, I've heard many pastors preaching about this, many Bible teachers talking about this. But to be perfectly honest, none to date, has properly defined what exactly is the blessing of Abraham. Now, impartation comes through understanding. Impartation comes through understanding. Jesus Christ says in the gospel, Matthew 13, verse 12, for whoever has to him more will be given, and he will have abundance. But whoever does not have even what he has will be taken away from him. Now, Jesus says, for whoever has. Has what? If you read this passage, the context here in Matthew 13, the verse before and after verse 12, Jesus was talking about understanding. He was talking about understanding. Whoever has more understanding about the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, more impartation, more blessing, will be given, and you will have it in abundance. How many of you in 2014, you don't mind being blessed by God? Lift up your hands right now. Well, that comes through understanding. Impartation, blessing comes through understanding. So if we don't know and don't understand what the blessing of Abraham is, how are we going to receive this impartation? How are we going to get it? Well, praise God. Recently, in the last one, two months, I heard my friend Rick Godwin taught it, and I got to be honest with you, it's possibly the best definition I ever heard, the clearest definition on what this blessing is. Now, to understand, we need to go to the book of Genesis, Genesis chapter 13. In Genesis 13, the Old Testament, Abraham and his family came out of Egypt and was going back to Canaan. By now, God had greatly prospered him. He was very rich. 
He had flocks of cattle and sheep and goats and silver and gold to such great abundance. In fact, the Bible says that he and his nephew Lot were so blessed, the land itself could not contain all their livestock, all their cattle, their sheep, and their goats. Well, by now, Lot had become independent-minded. He didn't want to be under the covering of Abraham. And there was growing tension and resentment in the both, both camp. Lot has grown up. He says, I don't want to be under the shadow of my uncle anymore. I want to be my own man. Abraham being who he was, he said, Lord, I love you. I give you the first choice of the land that you want. Whatever God has given to us, you can make the first choice. If you go to the left, I go to the right. If, I, if you go to the right, I go to the left. Ab Abraham gave him the first choice, and Lord chose the land near Godom and, and Gomor uh, Sodom and Gomorrah because it was a fertile land with green pastures. So it seemed like a good land in the natural. And he left Abraham with Canaan. Now, in those days, everything was wild. We are like talking about the wild, wild west. There was no rule of law. So warlords declared themselves as kings, and they had their own armies to terrorize the people and rob as bandits from the people. So when we come to Genesis 14, there was a war. Four kings in the region came against and attacked the five kings of Canaan. The armies of Sodom and Gomorrah were slain. Lot and his families were taken captives. Abraham heard about that. His love for Lot was still there. So he got his 318 trained men, his own personal commando unit. This is like his own ancient time Navy SEALs. 318 men. And they went in to rescue Lot and his family. He won. As a result, Abraham became even richer by all the spoils of war. Now he had sheep, cattle, goats, like you cannot imagine, cannot believe it. He got so much of the enemy's clothing and their silver and their gold and their jewelry. He had all their weapons and their horses, and he got slaves out of the spoils of war. And on the way back from all the drama, suddenly something amazing happened. Abraham met Melchizedek. Everybody say Melchizedek. Now, Melchizedek, the Bible says a king and a priest. Now, Melchizedek is what theologian would call a theophany. That means he was the appearance of God in a human form before he was born of a virgin Mary. So this was the Son of God in the Old Testament before he became Jesus Christ. So Abraham met the Son of God. Well, in the New Testament, in Hebrews chapter 7, it talks about King Melchizedek, who was a great high priest like Jesus. Melchizedek, that word means righteousness. So King Melchizedek, he was the king of righteousness. 
He was the ruler of Salem. Salem means peace, like Jerusalem, the city of peace. And Jesus was the prince of peace. This man was the prince of peace. And Hebrews 7 says he was an eternal being. He was without father, without mother, without genealogy, having neither beginning of days nor end of life, no beginning, no ending, but made like the Son of God, remains a priest continually. So there is no doubt whatsoever. King Melchizedek was the Son of God. So Abraham had an encounter with the Son of God. Now, there is, now Melchizedek met Abraham in the middle of the road. He stopped him, invited him to his hand, tent to have communion, holy communion. He was going to make a covenant with Abraham. Now, let's look at Genesis 14, verse 18 to verse 20. That is our main text for today. Verse 18, Then Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine, and he was the priest of God Most High. And he blessed him and said, Now, take note, church, listen. This is the only place in the whole Bible that clearly defines for us what exactly is the blessing of Abraham which Jesus Christ himself shed his blood, went to the cross to die on that cross so that you and I can receive it. All right? So this is the blessing. Verse 19, He blessed him and said, Blessed be Abraham of God Most High, possessor of heaven and earth, and blessed be God Most High, who has delivered your enemies into your hand, and he gave him a tithe of all. There are three parts to this blessing. Number one, the blessing of elevation. Number two, the blessing of possession. Number three, the blessing of dominion. And I believe this is what God is going to give to us, not just prophetically, but in reality in 2014, and tonight, we want to look at all three of them. Number one, the blessing of elevation. The blessing of elevation. Now, notice the first statement was this. Blessed be Abraham of God Most High. What is his name? God Most High. Until now, the only name of God that was introduced to the people, until now, in Genesis 14, was that name Elohim, God the Creator. In the beginning, Elohim, the Creator God, created the heavens and the earth. God has yet to introduce Himself as Yahweh. That only came in Exodus chapter 3. God has yet to introduce Himself as El Shaddai, or Jehovah Jireh, or Jehovah Rapha. So this is the first time and of all the names the Son of God could use, He chose to introduce His Heavenly Father as El Elyon. El Elyon. Alright, the God Most High, the God who is the highest. Now, why was it important for Abraham to know that? Because, first of all, he just got up of a, recently out of adultery, uh, idolatry. He just came out of idolatry. He came from the Earl of the Chaldees, which is modern-day Iraq. 
And it was a place, and in fact, if you go to where Abraham came in Iraq, you can see a lot of ancient temples, ancient ruins. It was a place of tremendous idol worship. They worshiped many idols. So God revealed himself to Abraham by saying, hey, I am the most high God. There is no other idols higher than me. I am the one and only God. But secondly, more importantly, the Lord was saying this, I'm bringing you into a covenant faith. Uh, I'm bringing you into a, a, a covenant relationship with a God who is the most high. Now, one translation says, He is the God of elevation. That means as you put your faith in Him, you will become the head and not the tail. You will be above and not beneath. He's going to elevate you. Now, remember Jesus in the Lord's Prayer, what's the first thing He says? He says we got to hallow the name of God. That means you got to focus on your name. You got to put your faith in that name. Whatever name of God you focus in, and you put your faith in, you will experience that blessing. And you will become what that name says. I'll give you an example. When you know Him and understand that He is Jehovah Rapha, the Lord your healer, you will experience His healing power. The more you focus on that name and put your faith in the name of Jehovah Rapha, you will become healthy. Sickness will go away. Strength will come into your body. But if you are sick and you don't know that God is your healer, you will be sick all your life. You will be weak all your life. In the last few weeks, we've been having so many healing miracles. About a month ago, one day, we, we had, we, one weekend, the leader said, look, pastor, there's so many people with cancer. Why don't we have a special service where we just pray for people with cancer or with heart disease of recovering from a stroke or a severe disability? And at the same time, God has been speaking to Sun and I, and we felt that, you know, sometimes it's not enough just to have a, 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 a service at the end and we pray for the sick and just rush through it. Sometimes you just got to focus on the sickness and got to pray and pray until you have a breakthrough. See, prayer got to, you got to pray until you get a breakthrough. So one week just before, I, I believe it was the last weekend of, of November, we have a pre-service miracle rally at our, at our Chinese church room. And, and I preached for about, what, 10 minutes? We sang one song, and we prayed and we prayed. I have never seen so many canceled people in one service before. I mean, the place was packed to overflowing. And I told them, you got to go back and you got to check with your doctors and get a medical result and, and before you know and you can say that you are healed. And so we prayed and we prayed, focusing on the name Jehovah Rapha. I believe Mark was leading the song, you are the Lord that heals us. You send your word to heal our disease. We put our faith, we focus on that name Jehovah Rapha. And you know what? We've been getting testimonies right now. One person came in with stage 3 cervical cancer. Went and had a medical checkup and the doctor, preliminary result, and said, there's no more cancer in your body. You're healed by the power of God. Come on, let's give the Lord a big hand. 
people with growth. Tumor in the body, growth in the rectum, gone. Healing happened. Whatever you focus and put your faith in, in that name of God, that name will become what you experience and a reality in your life. You know, this past week, I've been praying and praying for one of my disciples and Lena and Frank and Lena have been diagnosed with growth in three areas, inflamed in, 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 uh, uh, in, in three of the, what do you call it, limb nodes, limb nodes, that's right. And we prayed, and, and Dr. Francis Xiao in our church was treating her and said, we got to pray because it could be cancer. So she had an operation, and we prayed and confessed and confessed, and every day I thought of her, I confessed, no cancer, no cancer. Last Friday, the report came back, totally no cancer. Let's give the Lord a big clap. Hallelujah. Lena is here. Lena, will you just stand up? Let's give Lena a big clap. We're going to pray for total good health. Let's give her a big clap right now. Hallelujah. You know what? God is El Elyon. He's the God who elevates. He's the elevating God. He's going to lift up your life in 2014. You're going to find this year things will start to improve. Businesses will start to pick up. Your relationships will start to get better. You've got to start meditating, believing, and speaking out and confessing, God, you are the most high God. God, you're higher than any mountain that I face. God, there's nothing higher than you. God, I'm going to experience the new height and elevation you're going to bring into my life and into my family. You know, Johnny Saragi came to SOT in 1996. He was young and on fire for God. Halfway through the Bible school, he got really discouraged because his roommate quitted Bible school and went back to Indonesia. Johnny decided, I'm going to persevere and finish my diploma program. He persevered through the entire year, went back to the city of Medan, very poor and uncertain about his future. Now, in a city where most of the bigger churches and successful churches were being pastored by Chinese pastors, or Manadonese pastor. He was a Batak. Could he actually, as a Batak man, build a great ministry? He had his uncertainty, but he also had his faith in God. He knew in Christ, it's not about your race, it's about your faith. So he put his faith in Jesus, started believing, God, you can do something through me. Now, one of the things he learned by spending a year in City Harvest, is to love God wholeheartedly and to love people fervently. To find a hurt and heal it, come on, talk to me, to find a need and meet it. One big need in the city of Maidan is that he noticed there's a lot of mentally insane people roaming the streets. Nobody is doing anything about them. So he began to have a burden. God, there's a need here. They are mentally insane people. I'm talking about insane people. Roaming the streets. God, what can I do to share your love with them and to help them? Well, in 2008, my wife's son donated a portion of her royalties to help Johnny start Sunshine Rehabilitation Center for the mentally ill and the mentally insane. Johnny built it on a beautiful hill on five acres of land just outside of the city. And he decided to use medical doctors, Christian counseling, prayer to help all the patients. 
So the doctors would treat them. He would give them Bible studies. He used our materials to teach them the Word. And he would pray for them. His wife, Tina, herself went back to school because of the burden and the vision and graduated with a Master of Psychology. So they really wanted to help these people. You know what, friends? Many of the patients have been totally healed of mental illnesses and are living productive lives today. Some went on to graduate from universities. Johnny also started Harvest Children Care as a medical outreach for poor and needy children. Over the years, this has brought relief and, and, and help to thousands of poor families in Medan that couldn't afford to see doctors. You know, Indonesia has 247 million people. It's the fourth largest country in the world. Last year, 2013, Johnny was asked to meet the Minister of Social Development in Jakarta to talk about humanitarian work and social issues. Last month, just before Christmas, he was presented with Indonesia Top 10 Social Worker of the Year Award. Come on, give the Lord a big hand. Hallelujah. Let's give the Lord praise. What's happening? What's happening to a poor Bata man? He's experiencing the blessing of elevation. That is the blessing of elevation that's coming your way in 2014. In 2001, Johnny started Indonesia Harvest Church. You see, he has a big vision. I said, why don't you just start with Maiden Harvest Church? He went to register Indonesia Harvest Church. Today, he has three other branches, one in the south, one in the east, one in the west. Year after year, he sent his workers to our SOT, get them trained. He said, look, if I, my life has changed here, then the smartest thing I could do is to let the stirring leadership of Bob train the rest of my workers. Hallelujah. I was just there for his Christmas candlelight service. It was amazing. It was, it was like City Harvest Church in Meron City. You know, a thousand old people came. Many gave their hearts to Jesus Christ. I tell you, friends, this is what God is going to do. God is going to elevate us just like He elevated Johnny because He's El Alion, the God Most High. Psalm 75. Psalm 75 says he specializes in promotion. He's the God of promotion. Promotion doesn't come from the east, from the west, from the south. Promotion comes from the Lord. And God loves to do that. He loves to elevate people throughout Bible history, like Joseph, from the pit to the palace. He specializes in helping people who are fearful or feel hopeless, like Gideon and would raise them up so that they are able to become mighty men and women of valor. Jesus specializes in taking prostitutes and tax collectors and sinners and drunkards and make them apostles and leaders to change the world. When we come into a relationship with Jesus Christ, when we come to know Him as the covenant God, El Elyon, He takes us to where He is the Most High. You may say, Pastor, you don't understand. I'm in a mess. Believe you me, I understand what it means to be in a mess. He will, he will fix you in whatever mess you're in right here 
And because Jesus is elevated, He's going to lift you up and sit you together with Him in the heavenly places far above principalities and powers and every demonic control. Come on, give the Lord a big hand. He is an elevating God. Get ready for some elevation in 2014. What is the blessing of Abraham? Number two, the blessing of possession. The blessing of possession. Melchizedek said this, Abraham, the God who is blessing you is the possessor. He's what? The possessor of heaven and earth. In other words, he is going to give you ownership. Everybody say, I'm going to have ownership. Now say it like you believe it. Say, I'm going to have ownership. True enough, God gave Abraham a huge piece of land that I tell you is stretched from the river Nile in Egypt all the way to the river Euphrates in Iraq. It's a huge, it's almost like 10 times what Israel is today. In most traditional church upbringing, we emphasize a lot on spiritual possessions. Well, one day, one day in the sweet by and by when we die, you know, one day when this weary life is over, we're going to fly away. And when we get to heaven, and we have all those wonderful things, but here on earth, don't expect anything. Friends, that is very sincere, but you are sincerely wrong. You know what? For God's people, coming into His promise means possessing a good piece of land. That's why it's called what? The promised land. So when God gives you a promise, He gives you a possession to back up that promise. He's the God of possession. He's your God of possession. You see, bad theology will have bad consequences in our lives. And we start thinking temporary in everything that we do. We start thinking, well, our emphasis is we're going to leave the earth. You know, we just get ready for the rapture. Oh, just hang in there just a little bit more, a little bit more. We're going to go and we're not going to have anything. Listen, because we are temporary in our mindset, many churches rent halls instead of owning their properties. And I, I went to Hong Kong. Yes, I, I go to Japan. And I, I understand. You could go to places, big cities like Singapore where everything is so expensive. And there's no interest in owning anything because our theology is this. Why have any property? We're going to leave everything behind. We're going to go up to heaven. You know, everything here is not important. And we don't think about the future. We don't think about leaving a legacy to our children and our children's children to the next generation. We become passive and complacent and apathetic. Jesus is coming back. So why bother even to engage culture? So we give up the arena of education. We give up the arena of business, the arts and entertainment. Let me tell you, sometimes we say Jesus is coming back. So why bother to invest in education? Why bother to invest in a property, in a home? Why bother to invest in anything? Jesus is coming back. But part of the blessing of Abraham is to possess, to have ownership. Possessing is part of the kingdom law that Jesus wants us to walk into. See, in Israel, God gave His people a land. And every jubilee, every 50th year, the land will revert back 
to his original owner. So God is trying to tell his people, you better own your own land. Because in the year of Jubilee, you'll be left with nothing. You see, God wants us to be the head and not the tail. If you don't own anything, you will always be the tail. If you don't own anything, you'll always be a victim in life. But when you own everything you can see, as far as your eyes can see, you make the rules. You set the rules. You know, Erin Bosford wrote the bestseller on retirement. Reti I guess I'm reaching halftime right now, so retirement becomes a topic I, I think about. She wrote a book on retirement, the risk of retirement. Now, she is a top financial planner in Boston, and she's a Christian. And let me tell you her story, why she came into this business and ministry. When Erin was 16 years old, one day she was driving in a small little car on her way to work at McDonald's. While she was driving, one motorcyclist came and knocked into her, and the motorcyclist died. What happened? The motorcycle hit the car, he was killed. Erin was charged with involuntary manslaughter, and she faced decades in jail if convicted. So she went to see a lawyer. Her lawyer told her this, listen to this, if you have money, I can defend you. But if not, the best I can help you is to plead guilty. Because really, the facts of the case are irrelevant. As a 16-year-old, or 16-year-old, Erin was frightened out of her wits. She went to her mom and pleaded with her, Mommy, please, don't make me plead guilty. Please, it's not my fault. The mother looked at her and said, Honey, I wish I could help you, but I'm very sorry. We have no money. Therefore, you have no choice. Erin Bosford said, That day, that's where my life changed. Right there. From that moment, I'm determined never ever to be in that position again because when you have no finances, you have no choices. At the end, the Botsfords, the family, they did find a way to get the money to pay for the lawyers. They took a second mortgage on their home. The lawyer showed the judge how the motorcyclist had been driving 75 kilometers per hour in a 40 kilometer per hour zone. So he was speeding. They got an expert witness to skillfully show the skid marks on the road, showed that it's a cyclist that rammed into the car. So it was his fault, not Aaron's fault. After two and a half years, the judge dropped all the charges. But Aaron Botsford says this, it took money to prove that. And that day, in the lawyer's office, she learned a basic lesson of life. Finance buys you choices. At 16 years old, she vowed she would do whatever it takes so that she and her future retiree clients will always have choices. See, listen, friends. God wants you and wants us and wants to bless us with accumulated assets so that we are well able to take care of our own needs. And we have such an abundance. We are able to invest in the kingdom of God and help other people. If you believe that, give the Lord a big clap. Hallelujah.
Oh, you want to clap? Give the Lord a big clap. At a stroke of midnight on December 31st last week, Michael Bloomberg left office. After being the mayor of New York City for 12 years, longer than any other mayor in modern history. Newspapers in America, Australia, even our own Singapore's Business Times, reported on his tenure as a mayor and praised him to the sky. They celebrated his work. They said there will never, ever be another mayor like him in New York City again. But do you know it wasn't always like this? Twelve years ago, Mayor Bloomberg was a very rich man. Everybody criticized him. You bought the mayorship. You used money to buy position, to buy fame, to buy success. You know, Bloomberg didn't want to, want to be paid a salary, so he took $1 a year. That's all. He worked for $1 a year because he was so rich. But in 12 years, he has guided New York through many crises. The Wall Street meltdown, Hurricane Sandy, the city have never been safer, even though he came in right after 9-11. You know, crime rate today in New York is at a record low. People are living longer because of his health policy. New York has become so clean and so beautiful, they are attracting more than 50 million tourists every single year. 50 million tourists. One of the most staggering things Mayor Bloomberg has done was to donate, listen to this, more than 650 million US dollars of his own money to build up arts, civic, health, cultural groups. He once wrote a 30 million US dollar check to improve the lives of disadvantaged black and Latino men. He gave 7 million US dollars to encourage gun control and another 5.7 million US dollars for immigration reform. He would use his own money to fly around the world, to go to China in his own private jet, so that he was able to get direct foreign investment back into New York City. Everything he did, he did it for his community, he did it for his people. He could do all that because Mayor Bloomberg was walking in the blessing of Abraham. When you are blessed with assets and possessions, you can transform the lives of so many for good. Money is not everything. But friends, listen, possession puts you in a position to be the salt and light for the glory of God. Can you give the Lord a big hand? Hallelujah. Oh, come on, give the Lord a big clap. That is your promise. The blessing of possession. One of the most amazing things about Mayor Bloomberg is his humility. Just recently, a few years back, I was in New York. I was able to have breakfast with him. Breakfast with him. He was very confident. I mean, but very humble. Full of vision for his city, but yet a very caring man. No sense of self-importance whatsoever. On the way to breakfast with me and Dr. Bernard, you know, he heard about a policeman that was being shot. So over breakfast, he said, you know, Pastor, once I finish this breakfast, you know, I, I'm just going to stay in church for a while and then I'm going to rush off and I'm going to visit the, the police 
man and his family in the hospital just to encourage him. Very caring man. Listen, part of the blessing of Abraham that Jesus died so you and I can receive is to be the head and not the tail, to be above and not beneath, that we can be a blessing to our community, we can shine for Jesus as salt and light in our world. <laughs> Hallelujah. Come on, if you're getting this, give the Lord a big clap today. To be the head and not the tail. 24 years ago, we started as the tail. We did. 24 years ago, we are right at the, at the bottom of the food chain. For 12 years, we rented public halls, hotel ballrooms, public auditoriums. But today, we own a beautiful campus at Jurong West. And we are now co-owner, and this place are sitting in, of the world-famous Suntech Convention Center. In the last three years, it just got even more famous. <laughs> a complex that anyone driving by will look at it and be proud of it and say, glory be to God, the City Harvest is able to use Suntech Convention Center. <laughs> Hallelujah! But we started off small. We were renting here, renting there, renting everywhere. But I knew we, are not, we were not permanent until we own. Even when we had built our Jurong West campus in my heart of hearts, I knew that I knew God has something more. So little by little, we increase our church by our outreaches. Little by little, we were looking for, not, for new opportunities. We began to expand, to grow, to build up our assets, to increase our possessions and our resources. It's a statement. We are declaring that the kingdom of God is here. Satan, you cannot rule this place anymore. We declare the kingdom of God has come. Get off this land. This property is now for the glory of God, for salvation, and for redemption, for the restoration of God's people. Come on, give the Lord a big clap. Hallelujah. Possession is part of our inheritance in the blessing of Abraham, that Jesus went to the cross to die for you and I to have. You've got to change your thinking. You've got to start thinking, I'm going to own my flat. I'm going to own my house. I'm going to own my home. I'm going to own my own businesses. I'm going to own my car. I'm not going to live from mortgage to mortgage, from loan to loan. I'm going to come into that blessing of possession because Jesus died for me to be the head and not the tail. Then you become a threat to the kingdom of God. Come on, give the Lord a big clap. It is when we own assets, we become a threat to Satan and the kingdom of darkness. What is the blessing of Abraham? Number three, it is the blessing of dominion. It is the blessing of dominion. Verse 20, it says, Melchizedek says this, And blessed be God most high, El Elyon, who has delivered your enemies into your hand. And he, Ab Abraham, he gave him a tithe of all. Now in Scripture, one man who personifies all three blessings of Abraham more than anyone else is this person, David. David. First of all, God elevated him. God took him from nowhere. He was a shepherd boy 
in the backside of the fields, not really wanted by his family. Some people say David was born from another marriage out of wedlock. He could be a legitimate son. He was just shepherding a few sheep, ignored by the family. When Samuel came looking for a new king in the house of Jesse, Jesse didn't even ask him, invite him for the interview. That was how despised David was. But Samuel insisted on seeing David. And the moment he walked in, God said, this is the one, I will bless him like I will bless no one else. Samuel poured oil on his head and David got elevated from nothing to become the greatest king Israel has ever known. When it comes to possession, David expanded the borders of Israel more than anyone before and more than anyone after him. His ownership of territory was the largest in Israel history from the river Nile to the river Euphrates. Not even today does Israel have that kind of, of property. He captured the city from the Jebusites and called it Jerusalem. He named a mountain there and called it Mount Zion and gave instruction for Solomon's temple to be built there for the worship of God. He was walking in the blessing of Abraham. Now, what about dominion? You're going to like this. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're going to like this. <laughs> the Bible says, God will deliver your enemy into what? Your hands. Now, very often when we talk about enemies, we, we think of them under our feet. But here the Bible says, into your hands. I like this very much because of a recent movie I saw. I'm going to explain. You see, David progressively grew in dominion. He was 16, 17. He started with a lion and a bear. You see, you've got to have small victories first. You've got to start small. You've got to build your victories step by step by step before God will give you more. Now, 19 years old, he was going to fight a giant, a Philistine named Goliath. You know, 16 times, the Bible talks about giants or the Nephilim. So Goliath was about nine feet to ten and a half uh, feet tall. Very tall, taller than Kobe Bryant. There was a king called King Al-Abashan. He was, the Bible says, 12 feet to 16 feet tall. So, I mean, they are giants. Now, while David was looking after his sheep in the pastures, he was honing his spiritual skills and natural skills. He was learning how to pray. He was writing songs that he called Psalms. He was spending time worshipping God, like what you guys are all doing. But he was also learning how to be an expert marksman with a sling. Here's an important lesson. Don't waste your downtime while you're waiting for your big destiny to come. Don't sit around the premises waiting for the promises. You start prospering where God has planted you. You start becoming the best secretary you can be, the best doctor you can be, the best engineer you can be, the best housewife you can be. You start doing whatever God has, has given to you and become excellent in it. David had just a sling, and he became excellent in throwing a stone out of the sling. Now, Goliath was a giant, but David was not fearful. 
He already had practices with the lion and the bear. He had already been proven in combat. So he knocked Goliath down with one, one stone. He ran forward, took his sword, chopped off his head, beheaded him. And this is where it gets exciting. He lifted up the head of Goliath. Now, imagine how huge the head is. Can we just put on the screen again that the giant and see, see the giant? See, let's, let's imagine how big his head will be. I don't know how. Can you imagine? You know, the average man carrying a big head. All right? Okay, enough of this. <laughs> he took the head in his hand, brought him to King Saul. Saul's people said, oh, just leave it outside. <laughs> After that, the Bible says, he took the head and he walked to the Jebusites who was controlling this hill and this city. He waved it in their face. And like Arnold Schwarzenegger, he said, I'll be back. True enough, a few years later, he came back. Now, this was just like, I just saw 47 Ronins. Man, it's amazing. I said, God, we are summarized for Jesus. You know, Samurai Oishi chopped off the head of the enemy Lord Kira. He took the head and he walked. Everywhere he walked, everybody bowed down to him. Everywhere he walked. All the big Bushidos and Samurai, when they saw the head of their leader, everyone bowed down before him. True enough, a few years later, David gathered some mighty man. They went up and took over the city of Jabez, renamed it Jerusalem, and established Mount Zion as a place of praise and worship of Jehovah God. You see, David lived the blessing of Abraham and literally took the enemy into his hands. Listen, Goliath was meant to be David's downfall, but instead, it became David's ticket to a next level of glory, to a next level of victory, to a next level of greatness. Come on, give the Lord a big clap. God gave him dominion. Friends, what you and I can overcome will become the seed to the next level of greatness and promotion. Just think about it. Who has built the greatest orphanages in the world? Usually, it's those who understood what it means to be orphans. Who has established the greatest recovery ministry in divorce or depression recovery? Usually, those people that have gone through those experiences, right? People that have been through that had total victory, and total restoration. Now they become God's redemptive agent for others to experience freedom. What God has saved you and saved us through hardship, through tribulation, we must now hold it in our hands as part of our testimony. Don't keep it in the back room and feel ashamed of it. Instead, wave it to the demonic Goliath. Wave it to the face of Satan and say, you think you got us? We're going to come back here and take the city for the glory of God. Oh, come on. Go to, give the Lord a big clap. Hallelujah. Listen, City Harvest Church. I love this. You've got to take the head of your Goliath and declare to Goliath, Declare to Satan, you will never 
hurt me this way again. I have dominion over you and my promotion is coming for the glory of God. Hallelujah. Somebody shout, whoo! Jesus went to the cross, not just for our eternal salvation, but so that we can have the blessing of Abraham. Number one, the blessing of elevation. He wants to lift you up in 2014. Number two, the blessing of possession in time. Every good stewardship. God is going to give you ownership. You could be a single parent here. You're going to own your own home. You're going to own your own business. You're going to own your own property. Number three, the blessing of dominion. Whatever your enemy is today, a sickness, an anger problem, an addiction, in 2014, you're going to win the battle. You will prevail. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him from them all. Hallelujah. Come on, you want to clap? Give the Lord a big clap. Yes. In 2013, we all have our temptations. We make mistakes. Sometimes we make foolish choices. So the enemies fought us in 2013, and some of us may have been knocked down. But in 2014, we will bounce back and we will win. God says, I who have begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. You know what that means? You are undefeated. You are undefeatable. You are undefeatable. You may be attacked. You may be hurt. You may be delayed. But you can't be defeated until God has finished everything He has promised to do in your life. It will begin in 2014. Come on, somebody give the Lord a big clap. Tonight, how many of you want to receive the blessing of Abraham? Can I see both your hands? You want to receive the blessing? Wave your hands and shout a little bit. I, I like this part. I like this part. Musicians can just come right now. It says in Genesis 14, verse 18 to 19, in a moment we're going to pray. Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine, and he was the priest of the Most High. Tonight we're going to have Holy Communion together. It's our first weekend, the first service. We are going to come by faith to Jesus Christ, our heavenly Melchizedek, and let him cut a covenant with us. This the year the blessing of Abraham is going to be ours. It's going to be mine. All right? While the ushers serve the elements, let's all just recite and declare and proclaim the Apostles' Creed together. Starting now, I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, I believe in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, He rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of the saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. As the Lord Jesus taught us to pray, let's say the Lord's Prayer 
together right now. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive others who have sinned against us. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory. Amen. Amen. Father, we want to thank you tonight that you are God Most High, El Elyon. Tonight, we reaffirm the new covenant we have with Jesus Christ, our Melchizedek. Tonight, we know we are blessed. We are blessed with the blessing of elevation. We are blessed with the blessing of possession. And this year, we're going to see the blessing of dominion in every area of our lives. So as we reaffirm our covenant with you, bless this bread, bless this cup. Jesus, we put our faith 100%, 100% in what you did for us on the cross, not just to save us from our sins, but so we can receive the blessing of Abraham through the Holy Spirit by faith. In Jesus' name we pray and everybody say amen. Brothers and sisters, the body of Christ was shared for you. Let's partake of this bread together. Brothers and sisters, the blood of Jesus was shed for us. Let's partake of the cup. Everything you want to see and want to experience, you got to believe it, you got to speak it, you got to declare it. You heard what uh, I believe Sister King Lee said just now a moment ago. She said, I declare I'm going to have a child. And within a week, she was pregnant. You got to declare it. In a moment, we're going to make declaration, we're going to pray. 2013 is over, 2014 will be the year we're going to experience the blessing of Abraham. But before that, in verse 19, Melchizedek blessed him and said, Blessed be Abraham of God Most High, possessor of heaven and earth. And blessed be God Most High who has delivered your enemies into your hand. And Abraham gave him a tithe of all. Tonight, if you're not a tither, I want you to start tithing. This is before the Lord. We give out of faith. We give out of love. Tonight, if you want to fulfill your building fund, you can also do that. If you don't have an envelope, just put up your hands. I just pass everybody who needs to have an envelope you could give through your cash you could give if you're making a check make it payable through to city harvest church if you're giving through your credit cards you just fill in the numbers on your visa mastercard american express the expiration date sign your name and just put in the amount those of you watching on the internet will you please just click on the icon of your screen just follow the instruction. You see, Melchizedek gave the blessing. Abraham responded by faith through his giving. Tonight, that's what we're going to do. Father, we want to thank you that you are El Al Leon, the God Most High. No matter what mountain, 
we are faced with tonight. Mountains of sicknesses and financial difficulties, relationship problems in our lives, in our families, in our homes. Lord, no matter what addiction we be going through right now, what trials and tribulations and hardships we are experiencing, you are the God most high. There's no one higher than you. There's no circumstance higher than you. Tonight, we put our faith as we turn it loose through this giving, through this tithe, through this fulfilling of building fund, this offering. We pray even right now. We pray for an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. You say we receive the blessing through the Spirit by faith. Tonight, Holy Spirit, you're so welcome in this place. Just talk in tongues, all of this room for a moment. Shudriya lakarabaha dariya lakarabaha dariya lakarabaha dariya lakarabaha dariya Shudriya lakarabaha dariya lakarabaha dariya lakarabaha dariya lakarabaha dariya God, you're so good to us. You're so good to us. You're always good to us. Hallelujah. So Lord, bless every single giver in Jesus' name. And everybody say, Amen. Hallelujah. I should go ahead and collect. And that's the end of this week's podcast. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Email us at connect at chc.org.sg 